Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Killer Serials. I'm Tony Jones. Brian Parker. And we are your weekly hosts to talk about religion and serial television. This week, we are wrapping up... Maddie. Oh, yeah. Team Eddie, for sure. All the way. You want to make some t-shirts? Sell them. Not Mary, though. Mary's Team Cal. Boy, <laughs> Lady Macbeth, you mean? She is not going to be happy about uh, her husband not being the Messiah if it turns out that he's not. She definitely wants her to be married to the Messiah. That's a, that's a real goal for her. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you want to recap us on the uh, – just give us a quick, quick rundown? Yeah, Eddie and Sarah are basically on the run. Really, Sarah's on the run. The FBI is looking at looking for her now, and Eddie's kind of wise to this, and they are in a port, like a seaside town in Canada, hiding. Yeah, yeah. and it's because she blackmailed – uh, former members of the, yeah. you know, because of the tapes. Now the tapes are burned, so she can't yeah. blackmail anybody else. She did raise enough money to pay the property taxes of the center in in Manhattan, but that seems to be a temporary band aid, you know. So Abe shows up and forces Eddie to kind of come back stateside to start working all this stuff out. They're, you know, they're trying to live this normal life, you know, and Eddie's, you know, Sarah says, why are you with me? And he says, you're the mother of my children. Yeah. In, um, fact, in fact, at one point. They're still broken. Sarah reaches out while they're praying before a meal with their little family of three. I mean, for for one thing, when you see their little family of three hiding in a, you know, in a little hut in Canada, you can't help but think of their house in Nyack, New York, full of extended family with a big meal. And, you know, that's their norm. That's their norm. Yeah, this is a shadow of this. It's of a shadow world. of this. And then Sarah reaches over to hold Eddie's hand and he withdraws his hand. Yeah. He's not yeah. there because he's in love with Sarah, even though he's slept with her a few times in the last few episodes. Right mm-hmm. now he has no interest in her. He, he is there for summer. And he is there because it's the right thing to do. And while Eddie is still, he's doing that, he still has supporters. Yeah. The deniers and the people who left the movement in his house. Yeah, the last thing we saw was he um, he had a group of deniers in his house, his own little contingent of, of disciples. And he, go, and he goes back to them and he begins a conversation with them that kind of goes on throughout the episode. Yeah. And what is markedly different between his interactions with those followers and Cal's interactions with his followers is that Eddie is way more humble. Yes. He's willing to admit he doesn't know everything. Uh, he's willing to admit that Steve chose him, but he doesn't know what that means. Yeah. And he says, I have visions, but they happen infrequently. I don't always know what they mean. Right. And and they kind of push back a little bit kind, you know, with kindness. Uh, but there's an eagerness on their behalf, on Hawk's behalf, we'll see later in the episode. Hawk yeah. basically says, make me believe. Yeah, yeah. And Eddie says it doesn't work that way. And to kind of keep with this thread of the story, Cal eventually confronts him and says, you think you can lead those people, but what happens when it's 50, 100, or 1,000? And he has this line, and he says, the business of running a religion. Right. 
And Cal yeah. says it's not a business. And Eddie says. Eddie says it's uh, not Eddie a business. Eddie says it's not a business. Cal says, yes, it is. Yeah, that's right. And he says, I'm trying to save your life Yeah. before you screw up theirs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then Cal asks, and he knows all this because he's asked Russ to spy on that house. And, and the people who kind of defected from the Okay, from the and there is, a little, there is a little comic relief in this episode because Russell is the worst spy. The fact that yeah, he's like is, hugging the side of the house. <laughs> he's like on a dumpster. You're expected to tip over at any second. It's like you can hear his Birkenstocks coming a block away. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, the fact, that, the fact that he's chosen by Cal – to be the spy shows one of two things. First of all, Cal doesn't have Cal's bench isn't very deep at this yeah. point, <laughs> right? Yeah, and the he's second, got Mary and and Russ. And the second thing is maybe he's not that great of a uh, you know not great at choosing disciples or delegating or choosing who's going to be his deputy because and Mary, you know, and there are multiple scenes in this episode where Mary is really pushing Cal to step into the light and be the aggressive leader that she wants him to be. A lot of those scenes take place in their apartment. You know, when Cal's having tummy time with the baby. Yeah. Who's yet to be named. Yeah. You know, names him this episode, but you know, in some ways it feels like she doesn't have agency, but she's really standing up for herself. She's really pushing Cal. And, and there's the, there's a beautiful scene where, uh, again, with a woman pushing her husband, you know, Sarah goes to Eddie and she's pushing him away. She she's saying leave because if you go back, you'll lose everything that's beautiful about you. Yeah. Now, as we see at the end of the episode, Eddie eventually goes back. It's Ascension Day, and and Cal is trying to lead this members of the movement who are on the compound in this sermon about living with loss and holding on to it and letting it go. Let's just say then, this. Let's and just you say start this. to hear this rapping at the gates. Cal's sermons. Let's before we get to that. Cal's sermons are less and less believable. He's trying, though. He's trying, and the people there are trying. And what? And what's Everyone also wants to believe him, but but since since they call bullshit on him on the beach in California, since that you know, yeah, punk, that one, yeah, and yeah. then and then um, Noah's mom was like, "You don't even believe what you're preaching." Yeah. Um, since then. His sermons have not been. I think there's a there's a chink in the armor. Yeah, for sure. I don't think he believes them, but he can't. And get, while he he's speaking quit. at Ascension Day, people are packing their bags and walking out. Yeah, you yeah. see this yeah, woman yeah. walk by, and he know and he, and he <laughs> yeah, knows that, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but Eddie comes back with the deniers, and they start pounding on the gate. And Hank goes and opens the gate and lets them in. Now, why do you think it's Hank who opens the gate? Hank's always been on. Eddie's side, and He's I think on, Hank believes that Eddie's the guy. And Hank has also been pro-denier. Hank because, has seen the scar. He's 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 had blood on his hands. But he's also been communicating with his daughter, the denier, for years. Yeah, yeah. So he's so not anti-denier. No, that's right. He thinks that practice is BS. Yeah. So he opens the he throws the gate open. And, and Cal tries to make light of it. Like he tries to make it all look okay. We're welcoming the deniers back. And what happens? Everybody in the movement they just gradually turn their back starts to move over to Eddie. And they, they hug turn Eddie. They turn their back on him and go to Eddie. And then Mary says, you got to do something about Eddie Lane. Except for two people. Yeah. Mary. And Sarah walks away. Oh, three people. Mary, Sarah, and Abe. 
do not embrace Eddie and the deniers when they come in. Abe walks away. It looks like Abe's leaving the movement altogether. Abe, hopefully to go back and re- rebuild his life. Abe might be like, hey, if the gates open and if Eddie's the new leader, there's nothing for us to prosecute. And, and there's another seed that they've planted that we'll see how it grows if and when there's a third season. Sarah goes to her office and Felicia rushes in and confronts her and says, um, you have devoted your life to this movement. Yeah. And she said, it's real. Because feel my hands, I touch the ladder and burn my hands. And she says, it's our job to put the rightful person in place. And if we can't find him or that person, then you have to take up that role. Isn't that weird that she would say Sarah that? doesn't say anything. Yeah, for her to be so committed to, to Eddie, I mean, I think she's just committed to the light. She believes in, yeah, in the movement. movement. She, believes, she definitely is a true and believer. What, whatever it's going to take. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the beginning of the episode because we see something interesting about a ritual ceremony in the Myrist movement, and that's the funeral for Richard. Yeah. Now, Richard, there's no body to be buried. But no, they're over the ashes of the room. They're over the ashes where he was burned down, and they put flowers, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about Richard, um, and they they have a because he said because Steve said death is a cause for celebration of life and right. the light, and he says there's no cause for joy here, but Steve, but Richard was with us a long time, and people loved him. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, that I appreciate that about this religion that was invented for a TV show, that there's something about the way that they ritualize death mm-hmm. that is, I think, very realistic feeling to what a religion, how a religion like this would recognize death. You know, even even the death of somebody who was so deeply conflicted at the beginning, they don't try to. They don't try to sweep Richard under the rug and pretend like he never existed, even though the last thing anybody heard him say was, it was Eddie's, Eddie's the Messiah and Cal's a false prophet, basically. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And yet there again, Cal is leading a religious ceremony and you don't quite believe it. Like yeah. he's doing it, he's doing the best, but he's kind of going through the motions and I just feel watching this, I have such an antipathy toward Cal. I just want him to freaking jump in the fire, somebody to come up behind him and stab him in the back, you know? Well, it's going to be interesting. The gate's open at the compound at the end of – yeah. And it's it's open-ended in a couple things we've already brought up with Sarah. What What is her role going to be moving forward? Will A be a part of, of subsequent seasons – what, what's his life going to be? But really the, the openness and the thing to talk about here is the conflict, the clear and present tension between uh, the two leaders of the movement at the moment, which are Cal and Eddie, yeah. and who it's going to be and how the movement is going to respond. And I think they've hit, they've hit on something that we've talked about, about how you lead and how movements function. But it's crystal clear here yeah. with – are you are you Cal or are you Eddie? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, are you humble or are you self-assured? When Cal says to Mary, you can't start a reform movement with a corrupt foundation. That's just such a joke. Is he saying that about himself? He's got... 
No, he's referring to Eddie. I know. That's what's crazy. He's yeah. saying Eddie's corrupt but he's so because blind he's a denier. His, but yeah. he's the corrupt one because he's a murderer, an adulterer. Yeah. Like he's he's committed every sin. And hey, even if one of the things that we did talk about that happens in this episode is Sarah is able to come back to the States because essentially they cut a deal with Dakon to say, hey, we'll drop this investigation into the polluted water if you drop your charges essentially against Sarah for blackmailing everybody. And Eddie cuts that deal. So Eddie's already sacrificing some integrity in the process. And if and when he assumes the role of leader, he's doing so in part through corruption. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, now Eddie's hands aren't clean either. No. That's right. You know, I think um, this question of the deniers and their place in the movement with the gate opening up, it's such a powerful symbol, you know, because of obviously the world, a lot, let's just say this, first let's talk about the show itself and then let's talk about the broader context of our world today as season two of the the past. In the show itself, a lot happens at that gate, Right. We've yeah. seen we've seen um, people excommunicated from the movement through the gate. So, for instance, one of the people we've seen excommunicated has been Shelby, who we only saw with a turban on, <laughs> and then yeah. she gets kicked out. She's like homeless on the streets, and then we find out that she's a junkie. Yeah, yeah. and Eddie finds her, and in a very you got to admit, Ryan, a very Jesus-like. Oh, gets moment. down on his knees. Yeah, he like, like reaches his hand out and like yeah. pulls her up out of Skid Row. Yeah, and she's then among the people at the gate banging to get back yeah. in. She's all cleaned up, and, and she ready was to never go. a denier. She was excommunicated. Oh. But we've yeah. also seen times when there have been cops, cop cars with lights flashing at the gate. And right? you saw Hank, Hank trying to get out of the gate, he and he couldn't because he didn't have his his ID, his ID. right? Which, let's be honest, is another was another little plot line that was kind of dropped. One of, yeah, it never really developed. But a lot happens at the gate. It's a symbolic so, place. So there's so the series, and, and it's good that you bring this up because the series has done a, uh, I think, a good job of speaking to the world in which we live without being too on the nose. And but we talk about that. What are the the approaches we take? What are the approaches that we see and the way we lead or exist in religious movements. Yeah. Uh, what are the approaches we take in politics, right? Are we doing it with humility or are we doing it with this very staunch, assured doctrine and one that depends on this insider, outsider, us versus them yeah. mentality? Yeah. I, I think for sure, obviously, walls and gates, people in and who, who can come in and who can who's cast out. This is a, obviously a super big issue in our world right now. Yeah. And the fact that it plays out in microcosm in this show and in the Myris movement, I mean, they're grappling with the same things. They have had a gate up in order to keep their community pure. Now, what mm-hmm. we know as viewers is that's an illusion. It is not a pure community. There's yeah. all sorts of dirty shit going down inside the compound. Right? Yeah. I mean, to the point that uh, Shelby was set up 
and a, a false cell phone was planted in her office and she was excommunicated, she became a scapegoat so that Abe could fake that he wasn't the FBI agent, you know? Yeah. They're, they're dealing in microcosm with what we're dealing with in macrocosm. And that is for two things. One, gates don't really work. Because, yeah. because even inside the gate, inside the wall, there's plenty of impurity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen this in, we see this in real life and we see this in all sorts of fictionalized versions of humanity too. Yeah. I mean, even, even, even the paradigmatic walls, quote unquote, wall inside the walls, the walls of paradise, the walls of the garden of Eden, even inside those walls, inside the perfect paradise, there was sin and trouble. And that's why Adam and Eve were cast out, outside of the gate of, and sent east of Eden, you know? Yeah. So it's just something that people convince themselves that if you put up a wall and you close a gate, somehow you're going to be able to maintain a pure community inside. And it's not, it's simply not possible. What are some other, what are some other takeaways from either this episode, the finale or the, the whole, the series as a whole, these, these two, two episodes, two, two seasons, maybe, maybe the second season in particular, I'm, I'm taken by this notion of religion as a business, what it takes to, and maybe not even a business, but just the logistics of a movement. Yeah. Right, because that that's been a major theme throughout. Is is how do you expand? Where's your property? Are you a five hundred one c three? Yeah, all these kinds of things. What's, which an, are, M, what's an MDiv? Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you how do you market yourself? I and think I think that's those right. are all things that that are naturally um, a part of any. And look, community. If, if if Eddie's the new leader, if he's the new bearer of the light, and he doesn't think religion is a business. And he's going to be kind of blissfully naive in season three to how how businesslike it really is to run a compound that where several hundred people live inside of it. Yeah, I mean that's going to be a real tension because Cal has Cal suffers no Cal may doubt and not really believe the religious part of it, but he gets the business part of it. Like there's and he gets it done. We and we've seen that throughout the second season. Yeah, absolutely, he gets it done. So I think that's a I think that's a big one, and I think this this is a very common trope in literature the the reluctant prophet, the reluctant leader. I mean, you've got Cal, who's not a reluctant; he's a narcissist who's grabbing power and is un um, kind of unflinching in his own belief that he should be the leader and he's the best leader in this group. And then you've got Eddie, this very reluctant Mo- Moses like reluctant prophet who's well i guess i mean if i'm if i'm the bearer of the light like the guardian of light i'm gonna go ahead and do this but you know we've seen him even fled to canada for an episode because he just wasn't that into it yeah so i think that's i think those things are gonna come down kind of come down the pike in season three now let me there's another yeah go ahead there's another larger theme about this notion of of faith and like how we pursue it uh-huh 
and you have, and I think you see it specifically in the last two episodes of the second season, where you have the deniers who've kind of flocked to Eddie in his house and who are hungry, right? They are spiritually hungry. Yeah. And uh, they may be willing to have that reluctant leader who is open to questions and not exactly sure of his of his place in the movement or his yeah. power. And then you have somebody like Hawk who is fervent in his faith, but also demands some affirmation. Yeah. Right. There's no room for questioning. Yeah. And uh, that, that might be another theme that can be played out moving forward. OK, I want to throw before we go here. Um, we've talked about some of the themes that we might see thread into season three. I think we've also talked about a lot of the main characters, but yeah. I'm going to throw out some of the other characters. OK. And ask you if you think they should be in season three. And and what should happen to them in season three? Okay, ready? Yeah, Russell. Uh, definitely in season three, and I think we've got to see him play uh, a greater role. I think there's space for him, no matter who the leader is, just because of his faith and his kind of his kind of naive personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he provides. You've, all, you've you've consistently styled him the youth pastor of the movement. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if that can be something that is, is fleshed out more. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ashley Hawks, true love. Uh, I don't know. I think that's over. Really? Yeah. Okay. Done. Now, Noah, I mean, we could talk about Noah because she's still in the movement and very committed to Hawk. I'd rather we have an Ashley almost, come back than Noah. Fair enough. But she, but what we have, what we're left with in season two is Noah there by his side. Uh, kind of like, Sarah and Eddie at the beginning of the whole series. Yeah. Okay. Kodiak. Oh boy. I'd love for him to come I back. I love Kodiak. Oh, love him so much. I want a story. Just, I want a one off about his time in Siberia. I just want a spinoff series about Kodiak. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully I do, do. I want it back. Yes. What's his role coming back? No idea. Oh no. Okay. Shelby, our sweet little, uh, junkie doctor. She's there. She's back on the compound giving uh, medical advice and care to this unsuspecting group of people. Okay, last one. Do you think do you think we've seen the last of Abe when he walks off? I hope not. He's such a compelling actor. He's such a, a gentle spirit, and you're a fan of his guns. <laughs> um, but boy, it's a fairly definitive move at the end of at the end of the finale yeah. where he he walks away and nobody sees him really. And he throws his hood up and he's, and he's walking away. I could only see he becomes Luke Cage. Maybe yeah. I, I could, I could only see Abe coming back if he goes back to his wife and kids. And they all come back or she kicks him out and says, he's got nowhere else I to took go up with another guy. I'm done with yeah. you. Don't come back. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, there we have it. What a great uh, season of The Path, season two, and how we've got a, there's going to be a season three. We've got it. Yeah, hopefully so. And we've got a lot to look forward to in our next run yeah. of shows. We might have a guest on to talk about a really cool practice of using a series in a community of faith uh, during during a special time in the church calendar. Got a couple interesting shows that we're going to test and see what we think's there. We've got access to some the first few episodes of The Handmaid's Tale and 
American gods. Uh-huh. So if anybody out there is listening and has a particular opinion on those two, let us know. So there's some exciting TV coming up this spring and early summer. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching. I'm watching The Path and listening to Killer Serials. And uh, we'll we really be back. appreciate it. We'll be back next week with something interesting and fun, and we hope you'll yeah, stay that'll, tuned in. Next week's episode will be a one-off, and then we'll dig into our new series. Yep. Take thanks, it everybody. Easy. Bye-bye.